And so as we celebrate our graduates, we deposit memorable moments into their lives. Let there be peace on earth. And let it begin with me. Let us go to God in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we thank you, God, for all your friends and servants and children and people of God that have come together this day to celebrate the graduate's accomplishments. And Lord, even though some of us may not have an immediate graduate, we can remember when you warmed our hearts and allowed us to reach this pinnacle in our lives. Whether it was early, whether it was late, Lord, we just thank you for the accomplishments of these students. And we thank you for their excellence and their education. We thank you, Lord, for their well-being. We thank you for their parents and all their extended family. But as I come to you this hour, this moment, Lord, we thank you that you have a word that has been placed upon me. Lord, move me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be sweet unto you this day and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is an awesome God. From the foothill mountains of Georgia to the mosquito moment in Port Arthur, Texas, God is a good God. I was teasing Donnell when we came back. It was so cool. But as soon as we hit Texas in the plane, the humidity just came upon us. I said, it's just like Texas wrapping its arms around us with all that great warmth and comfort. And then when we got back to Port Arthur, it was like the mosquitoes were just waiting at the door. You've been gone, and we've been looking for you. I have a somewhat attraction to mosquitoes, or they have a somewhat attraction to me, and it's always interesting to be greeted by all forms of joy. Amen. Well, this morning I come to just say I celebrate with all and I lift up the Word of God. And the sermon title is simply God Options. God Options. And it's good to know as a graduate that they have options, whether you're graduating from kindergarten, middle school, high school, college, trade school, any educational experience a training session on your job, or just the fact that you are going from being a parent of a high school student to a parent or grandparent of a college student, you got options. And that's good news from the Lord. That is truly good news. And I want to start with a little tribute I like to do because I, too, like Mr. Getwood, enjoy this time of the year to see them come, to see them grow, to see them move and transition. If this sermon had to have another title, it would simply be called Transition. Because we move from one point of life to another, remembering what we have learned, looking back, not with fear, but looking back to say, it's been an awesome experience. We say some goodbyes, we say some farewells, we even say to a few friends, I look forward to seeing you at the reunion. But it is that point when you walk across the stage, the transition is already in motion. So I want to take you back. Most of you were born, I believe, in 1988. Is that correct? That was the big year. 
Now, what you want? I just want to give you a little flashback because I need you to know that there are some things that along the way your parents just didn't tell you. They maybe did not share with you that the R&D hit of the day was the way you make me feel by Michael Jackson. And then later on in the year, it was ooh, 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 and joy by Teddy Pendergrass. And then further on, maybe here's one that you might even know the artist, Bobby Brown. My prerogative, his hit of the day was my prerogative. You know what I mean? That was the song. It was on everybody's breath. But just because you were coming into the world, I can't say they were singing that song. But maybe they rocked you to sleep while they had a chance to check out the Cosby show. That was the hit on TV. Then right behind it was Roseanne and a different world. You know the ones you see on the rerun came out when you first was born. And you may even be laughing a little and saying, did they go to the movies? Well, if they had an opportunity to visit the movie while they were just trying to get you to sleep, or maybe they had gone on a date and you were staying with Grandma, maybe they went to see Coming to America. You know that movie with Eddie Murphy? And then there was a great hit that was out that was just considered a technology advancement of the day. Who framed Roger Rabbit? So you see, it was technology and humans all in the same movie. Lots of things went on in 1988. It was a leap year. It started on a Friday. So you see, as soon as your year started, they had a long weekend. They came in on a Friday, were able to be, have off that weekend and just chat about a few things. It was also a leap year. So if you happen to be born on February 29th that year, right now, you're just a mere four years old. There'll be another leap year coming up in 2008. The next year that looks like the year you were born, that comes in on a Friday, has a leap year, could it be 2016? You'll be a mere 28 years old, almost old. Time will be passing quickly. <laughs> Almost old. Isn't that something? Because, see, I know that you believe that 25 is old, and I just want to prepare you for a few lessons and thought that you got options. Because when you get close to 25, you look in the mirror and say, I ain't old. I ain't old at all. I'm looking better than I did when I was 18. So in as time begins to move, we realize that we have options. But when you're 28 years old, many of you have already finished your bachelor's degree. Some of you will have already completed your master's and maybe even working on your doctorate. However, you might even be married. And guess what? Could possibly be parents. Oh, Pastor King, please don't watch it. Ooh, pull it back down. You should see the expressions on their face. Oh, don't run so fast and take my life so quickly. So you see, time passes fast. And you really do have options. You should have seen the expression. It almost like they got, she didn't have to say all that. But God is a good God. But even with all the details and all the little tidbits of the day, nothing was greater in 1988 to your parents than your mere birth. They waited for you. 
They called everybody they could call. They said, she's here. He's here. They looked at you and everything was perfect. Ten fingers. Ten toes. That nice little cute lip. And they said, I'm not sure, but I think he's going to be chocolate. I, I think she's going to be a little usher. I can see it on the edge of her ears. Oh, look at that curly little black hair. Looks just like mama. Just like daddy. And the funny thing about it, whatever family side you take, they took you to, you look just like them. So if you went with your mom's family, oh, she looks like Aunt So-and-so. Or if they took you to your dad's family, oh, my goodness, just a chip off the old block. So you see, God knew he had made a perfect person in you. The greatest thing about it, he always knew that you had options because what he deposited in you, he knew would manifest and become great one day. For you see, he knew the exact day and hour and the time and the moment that you would graduate. He knew all your accomplishments and he just kept breathing on you over and over again. So you see, just like in the book of Acts, in the 10th chapter, he gave us options to believe or not to believe. But you see, the book of Acts is the story of Cornelius, and it's one of the great stories in the book of Acts because it talks about becoming one and getting to know God. Peter was given the assignment, and Peter was a Jew, and Cornelius was a Gentile. I'm just giving you a little background because when you go to college, there's times when people will give you background, and you may not look at the notes, and you may be staring off, and that's what's going to show up on the exam. So you see, the background of this text is Cornelius was a Gentile that wanted to know Jesus Christ. And Peter was given the assignment to make sure he got to know who the Lord was. But whether you were Peter or whether you were Cornelius, you had an option to believe. Did you believe that the message of God was good for all? Did you believe that God would allow both the Gentiles and the Jews to receive the Holy Spirit? For the book of Acts is the book that tells the history of the early church, and it tells how Christianity moved in the beginning. And you may be saying, what does that have to do with me? Graduates and graduates, you're at the beginning of a new season in your life. Can I tell you a secret? You're going away, and that's good. But you're not away from God. God is with you at all times. He will know you at the party. He will know you at the street. He will know you in the door. He will see you coming and going. And what has been deposited in you, he expects to come to fruition. You will make a few mistakes, but God is a forgiving God. You will be challenged by people to say, Hey, you think you're that smart? You ain't that smart. And you just have to simply develop a thing that says, I'm praying for you. Thank you for sharing. Yes, I am that smart. Because God deposited in me all great things. And I don't intend to do anything less than what he's already set in me. All right. Oh, yeah, there'll be somebody who says, Oh, 
You from where? Like, where is that located? Huh? What? And you had to proudly and boldly say, I'm from Fort Arthur, Texas. Born and raised. Know who I am. Whose I am. By the mercy and grace of God. And you just kind of look at him and say, what's your name? Don't hold your head down. Hold it up off. Because all these people have deposited something in you. But God's grace, God's grace and Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that he could give. Beyond salvation, he gave you the Holy Spirit to comfort you and guide you and direct you every step of the way. You are never alone. I don't care how tough the calculus test gets. I don't care how many email notes Satan sends across your brain. Don't you even accept any of them. Even if the first test doesn't look like you think it ought to look. That's the humbling part. That's the humility part. And that takes us into Psalm 98. Psalm 98 talks about rejoicing. You have an option to rejoice or not. In everything that you do, every place that you go, you have an opportunity to be joy, joy, joy. I mean, just take your praise dancing, take your attitude, take all that you know, just keep that joy going. Somebody says, my goodness gracious, every time I see you, you have it. You say, that's good. Because God gave you joy. Rejoice. Make a decision about whether you're going to be joyful or whether you're not. Because you'll meet that roommate that every time you ask them how they doing, same old, same old. I didn't get nothing from my mom and daddy this week. Did you get something? Can I, can I borrow your food? And when I get my stuff, I give it back to you guys. Help us aside. And you're going to have to develop a line that says, yeah, we can share, but when do you intend to get your food? Because <laughs> the month is getting shorter and shorter, and you ain't got a pack of shit. The scripture says that we will love one another and care for one another, but we have to also be cautious that there are moochers. I know you didn't expect that to come from the pulpit, but I'm telling you ahead of time before you step into the school. There's a motion out there. But because you are a child of the Most High God, God is going to multiply, do exceedingly and abundantly well. You're going to get more scholarships than you already have, more money when you get on campus, more things. There's going to be a book voucher that you don't even know who sent it to you. There's going to be a gift card that somebody's going to send you, and they may not even put their name on it, but it's going to come right on time. So don't be mean, don't be mean to the moochers. Pray for because Psalm 98 tells us that we have an opportunity to rejoice. Then if you look at the John passage, both the letter and the John passage is the gospel. That is the heart of the message. But John Wesley, during this period of time, he met God and the Holy Spirit. The scripture and the storytelling of the warm experience many of us have heard when they've gone to late speaking school. But John Wesley had a strange warming of his heart. In language of 21st century, the Holy Spirit jumped down on John Wesley and set some things in motion. John Wesley was almost shook up. He was side to side. Whoa, he didn't know what was going on, but it was the Holy Spirit 
So it was the warming of his heart. At this point in your graduation, the countdown is on. You're trying to figure out what day, what hour, when you're going to get dropped off, whether you're going to take the car, not take the car, whether you're going to buy a computer with your graduation money or whether you're going to keep it to the side. I hate to tell you, darling. A newsflash, I'm going to tell you another secret. You still have that as your permanent address right now. Don't jump off the ledge too quick. Saying what you're not going to do. Because they will get strange and show you better than they can tell you. I'm just trying to give you a clue today. Okay? I'm just trying to give you a heads up because they will ease up on you real quiet. Now, so they do it, they do it different when you get ready to graduate. They come up on you and they say, excuse me. Don't thank you that long. Love you. Mm-hmm. And you see the kids, you all know that kids are jumping. Kids are jumping. You just can't do sight-falling to But they love you. And we love you. But you still have some decisions to make. God is still shaping you, making you, and molding you. No matter what you do, God still loves you. No matter where you may stand or sit, God is still in love with you. The opening we did this morning simply said it's a little scary. And I want to just share this. It is with great testimony that God knows exactly where you are, where you're going, what you're going to do. And he's trying to give you the tip of the day. But in all of your excitement, you might miss some of it. It's okay. Because God's abiding love is so great. It simply says in John 15, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. I have said these things to you. So that you may have the joy that is in you, and that your joy will be complete. So I say to you on this baccalaureate service, you're going through transitions, and you've got options. Your options are to keep loving Christ, and keep believing that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the knowledge of all knowledge, and he will not let you fail nor falter. I say to you this day, I listen to your spirits that you are the top and not the bottom. You are the head and not the tail. You are all that God is creating you to be, and he breathed on you through the Holy Spirit. A nature that is so awesome that you almost can't believe. You just picture yourself out there waiting for this day. You can't count and the words can't come out quick enough. To our middle school graduates, look at them and press forward. That is your next step. To your kindergarten graduates, keep pressing on. Graduation gets better year after year. But just like you wear a collar, your next step you wear a hood. 
And every step of the way, you get a little bit more acknowledgement. When I get the doctorate, I'll have bars on my arm. Because education is God has put in us for you to continue to pursue to the top of the game. Don't stop. Because you hit a bump in the road, don't stop because it looks a little dark down there. God is the light of the light. He will make a way out of nowhere. He will tell you and show you and keep you. Some of my brokest days in college. But they were the days I knew Jesus was the top of the world. He never left me, even though I wasn't the best church-going girl. Oh, yeah, I'd be the first to admit I was a good college CME. Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter, because it was required by my parents. The times in between, I went when I had an exam. And I needed to talk to the Lord. And I figured the pew and the altar at the church was a little holier than my dorm room. <laughs> I couldn't get to the pew, I'd get to the chapel on campus. When you get on campus, find who is the Wesley person, the campus chaplain, somebody who can pray with you. But when you get in your room, don't miss the fact that God is already there at the door. The Holy Spirit is present right now and is reigning over you and he is having his way. He can quiet your heart, give you peace that surpasses all understanding. When you get that A, it's not because you were so great, but because he brought forth the knowledge that he deposited in you before you were born. Last but not least, your parents may be having a little difficulty. Some of them are having their own Disney World commercial. You know the one on TV where they say, oh, go ahead and take the TV. Go ahead and take the refrigerator. Oh, just go ahead. And then out in the garage is all the new stuff. And they have a vacation already planned to Disney World this weekend after they drop you off. Don't play a hate. Don't play a hate. They've been waiting for this for a while. And for the siblings that you might leave at home, they've already redecorated your room. I'm trying to give you a heads up. I don't want y'all to be fighting with one another. I'm trying to just help you out. And when you get back home in December, curfew is still there. I don't care if you've been out all night and you've been able to carry the cell phone and keep the signal lit. They're not sure whether you're in the dorm or at the party, and you've learned how to make that call from the ladies' room or the men's room to keep the noise down. Curfew still exists at your residing residential homes. Have a good partnership with your parents. There's transition for you, and there's transition for them. But thank God for every moment that you have, every breath that you have. Pray for your friends that did not get to this point, and they are getting a certificate instead of a diploma. Pray for your friends and people at the school who quit before the miracle happened. 
pray for the ones that did not see that God is an awesome God. But at the end of it all, you have to choose whether you will believe or not believe. I pray that you will choose to continue believing. You will have to make a decision whether you will rejoice or not rejoice. I pray that you will rejoice. You will have to make a decision on whether you will love or not love, stay chasing, wait for the man or wife that's woman of your choice and that you won't be philandering out here everywhere. You have to make that choice. You have to make the choice whether you will live or not live. But at the end of it all, God has already brought down the Holy Spirit. And the option that you have this day simply says, that you've got options. You've got opportunity. You've got purpose. You've got talent. You've got initiative. You've got openness. You've got naturalness. And you've got a spirit that's greater than you can even imagine. You have options because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. May you go forth with it over top of you, entrenched in your heart, dripping, spooling, screaming out. I'm a child of the King, Amen. and I know who I am. Go forth and be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. The doors of the church are open. If you don't know this relationship that I was talking about and sharing with these young people, if you don't know that the Holy Spirit has trained upon you, this is a chance for you to get to know Jesus as your own personal Savior. Will you stand with me and sing the first verse of What a Friend We Have in Jesus on page 526?